Welcome to Bible Chicks, women who are normally just as is, but we're at our supernatural best when we choose to read, believe, and live out God's Word, whatever's going on in our lives. So get ready to laugh with us and be blessed as you hear our unique stories and inspiring music. Thanks for joining us. It's going to be good. Reading, believing, living His Word. Praying, never receiving all the truth that we've heard. Loving and growing and hoping our faith is showing. Don't you know we're Bible chicks? Hi, I'm Carol Brewer, and welcome to another Bible Chick Show. Our special guest today is Marnie Swedberg, author, speaker, and webmaster of Christian Women's Speakers Directory. Marnie has had the opportunity of connecting thousands of speakers with tens of thousands of Christian women's ministry leaders and event planners. Marnie's newest book is titled Flow Through Vessel. You're going to hear Marnie's story in a couple of minutes, but first, I'm blessed to sing for you Psalm 27.1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? The and my salvation Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold The stronghold of my life Of whom shall I be afraid? Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? For the Lord 
Lord is my light and my salvation. Hey, I, the only, I only hot dog it on one note, so you can replay this and sing it back and learn God's Word, Psalm 27.1. Today, we are so blessed to have Marnie Swedberg with us calling from Minnesota. And Marnie, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Carol. It is so great to be here. You know, and I've had the privilege and honor of being on your show several times um, on Blog Talk Radio, your, you know, and just so many opportunities to know you way back from 2002. And, oh, you know, we've never met in person, but we just feel like, you know, we know each other pretty well, don't we? It's pretty, it's wonderful. Absolutely. I definitely consider you a good friend. Oh, thanks, Marnie. Thanks so much. Well, me too. I feel the same way. And, you know, you have a, a just so much to share, so we're just going to get to it. I want to know how you came to the Lord, you know, pretty much your journey, um, and then how God has led you into making such a difference in so many women's lives and people in general. So, So, how about your story? We can't wait to hear it. Sure, absolutely. Well, I had the privilege of being born and raised in a Christian family. Both my mom and dad are serious God lovers and God chasers and God Mm -hmm. servants. And so they just modeled that from the time I was born. And at age four, I remember being at a kids crusade at church. And I don't know what all else was going on. But on that day, I remember realizing that I was a sinner. If you can believe it, at age four, I knew for a fact that I was bad, that I had done bad things that... Uh, would hurt God's heart, and that I needed a Savior. And I understood that Jesus was the only one who could help my little four-year-old self. And mm-hmm. so, I went forward and I prayed. And you know what's interesting, um, What's interesting, Carol, is that I they sent me to the side room to pray with someone, and I got in there, and all these people were in there to pray with the children. And I, I went directly to uh, a lady who prayed with me, and then afterwards, um, after I had accepted Jesus as my Savior, as my payment for sin, then I went out and my mother said to me, um, there's some ladies back here, some older ladies, and each of them would like to take you home with them tonight for a sleepover. And all, all four of them want to take you home, so you can just pick whoever you want to go with. Wow. Well, I know. Isn't that amazing? Well, I went back, and here were these ladies sitting back there, and um, there were three of the older ladies, and then one lady who I had always thought in my mind of as the Wicked Witch of the West. She was kind of she was kind of tall and angular, and I'm sure she wasn't ugly, but she just had that kind of look to her. And I was scared of her always. But that day, after I trusted Jesus, guess who I picked to go home with? Wow. <laughs> and- picked that lady. And so looking back at it, I, there was an immediate change in my perception of the world. The moment that I came to Christ, and everything, of course, is changed ever after that. Yes, and you know, so when did you start? You were speaking way before the Christian Women and Speakers Directory, I'm sure, and you have a pinch hit um, speaker offering for uh, those who are, you know, really disappointed when a speaker backs out at the last minute, and you've been doing that for quite a while. So that's a wonderful service that you've provided. You know, you, you, talk about that disappointment, and then you come and, I'm sure, just bless the women, and they're so happy that, you know, it worked out, God's perfect timing. Mm-hmm. So, you've been doing that, I know, and and authored so many books. You've got on your, uh, on the 
again, Christian Women's Speakers Directory, you have 11 books listed, and then your newest book, Flow Through Vessel. And I've just been looking at some of the points of this book, and I, I'm so blessed. So, Marnie, what was the reason? You know, How did God uh, lay on your heart to share this message? Well, it's definitely a message that's been in my mind for a long time. I've I've been living as a flow through vessel, and and so have you know a lot of Christians understand this concept. But a lot of Christians and many non Christians really feel like what God is asking them to do is be like Jesus. And of course, that's true. We're supposed to be like Jesus, but. The misunderstanding comes when we're supposed to produce things that are like Jesus on our own. That's never God's intent. His intent is that He flows Himself through us, in which point, at which point, if we're clear and ready to be flown through, then we look just like Jesus because He's flowing through us. And so, it's not about us producing and manufacturing all of this. It's about Him flowing His love through us. And I love to use analogies, and so throughout the book, I'm using all these analogies like a straw, you know, like a straw, Carol. Mm-hmm. The straw doesn't pick what it's into, but whatever the liquid is in at the bottom of the glass there, when someone sucks on the straw, that's what they get. And sometimes when we're not attached to Christ, somebody gets full of us, and that's really not what we want to be doing. We really want to be sharing Christ. And so, being that flow-through vessel, staying connected to God, staying a clean, clear vessel, all of these things are very scriptural, but it's fun to actually look at them through the analogies that God's given us and to see how it actually works in practical living. I love that. And, you know, practical, and you have some quizzes that you have included in the book. So, what kind of quizzes are they? Oh my goodness, there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different stuff in the book. There's worksheets and quizzes. One of my favorite, um, one of my favorite quizzes is uh, the uniqueness of you quiz. And I wonder if I can find it real quick. But anyway, there's 10, there's 10 questions to help you understand, or actually 15 questions to help you understand how unique you are. And uh, that's, that's one of the quizzes. There's a quiz about your trust level. Like um, it goes through different scenarios and do you trust God enough for, you know, this and such. And that one came about because I actually was challenged years ago. God challenged me that I trusted my refrigerator repairman more than I trusted him. Mm. (laughs) And I was like, wow, that's insane. How could I ever trust someone I hardly even know? And God is free. And God's it's a free, free gift, not the refrigerator repairman. <laughs> and you don't have to wait all day. He comes yes. right when you need it. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so many things. And so there's all these quizzes in the book just to help you kind of reframe and and maybe maybe even bubble to the surface some of the lies you've bought into. There's a trust issues one. And a lot of us, well, a lot of us feel like God is like our dad. And the reality is, is that God's the ultimate father, but that doesn't mean he's like our dad. So, for instance, I had a wonderful dad. I had like the best dad ever. And the neighborhood kids would call him Mr. Good Guy. And he was just an awesome dad. Uh, But one day I was convicted because I was comparing God to my dad. And Mm -hmm. God was like... No, I'm, I'm, I'm way, way bigger than your dad, Marnie. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Whereas someone else, uh, like a pastor's wife I was talking to, had an absentee dad. I mean, he just deserted the family when she was tiny. And of course, God isn't like her dad. You know, and so there's these lies that we've come to just assume are true because we've heard them so many times that, you know, God is like your dad or uh, he's a father figure like that. But 
but we have to kind of go past that and say he's way bigger, he's way better, he's he's so awesomely amazing, and he wants to flow all of that awesomeness through our lives, which is breathtaking. It is, and you know, you said you, that you'll emerge from after reading this book, and I believe it to having more of a, an awareness of God's supernatural power, that He does empower us, and and He gives us the resources just in His perfect timing when we need it. And you, you talk about that in your book, and then other things like, how about developing the habit of enjoying life? Mm-hmm. I think that is so important. It's a habit, isn't it? It's a mindset. That's when we, when we allow God to flow through us. It's a mindset, uh, you know, and we're just getting rid of those bad habits of that little instantaneous, oh, negative thought if something happens and, you know, those little seeds that kind of we still haven't rooted out of our lives. And so, what do you think about that, the habit of enjoying life? How have you developed those habits? I have three whole chapters on habit mastery in the book because this is hugely misunderstood as well. We think that once God convicts us of a sin or of not enjoying Him or whatever, that we should instantaneously change and become perfect, and that's what God expects. But that's not at all what God expects. He's very much into process. And yes, it's true that He convicts us of sin so we become aware of our need for Him. That's the whole purpose there. Not so that we have to feel guilty forevermore, because really Romans 8 one says there is no guilt, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So, God is aware of how He created our minds to work, and if we have time during the interview, I'd love to just talk about this for a little bit, because people, it's really freeing to find out that God is not upset with us when we can't instantly change a bad habit we've had for a long time. I love it. Well, we're going to go to a break. We're going to come right back and talk about habits. Singer-songwriter Carol Brewer reflects lasting expressions of God's love through her beautiful music and inspiring writing. Audiences connect with both Carol's contemporary and traditional songs of worship and praise. She also teaches others to sing God's praises through her popular voice training book, Cooking Up a Song. Pick up Carol's music and books today at Amazon.com, iTunes, and BibleChicks.com. Reading, believing, living His Word Don't you know we're Bible Chicks? Carol Brewer, and we're back with Marnie Swedberg. We've just enjoyed hearing so much about the flow-through vessel. We're going to hear some more. You know, you have two chapters, Marnie, on habits. Oh, habits. Let, what, what would you say about that? Two chapters, but give us a synopsis of that, if you would, please. I, I've been loving people's reaction to the title of Chapter 8, which is The Amazing Process of Habit Formation, because people are like, what? I hate my bad habits. How can it be an amazing process? But it's actually it's actually there to help us and to serve us well, and uh, I like to compare I like to compare habits to a train, a huge train, 50 cars going down, maybe 100 cars going down the track, 50 miles an hour, and uh, your conscious mind 
Your awareness mind is processing about 40 stimuli per second, and that's like the little conductor in the front of that big train. Now, the big train is like your subconscious or unconscious mind, and that is processing about 20 million stimuli in the same second. So I like to say, okay, if you have a a little 40-pound weakling and you put him in a boxing ring with a 20-million-pound sumo wrestler, Carol, who's going to win? I would think uh, the... The heftier person. <laughs> There's just no chance. Right. And when you say to your bad habit, stop. I want you to stop being a bad habit for me, and I'm really mean it, and mm. I am serious about it. It's like really getting out of the train and standing on the track in front of that big train coming at you and saying, stop, mm-hmm. and trying to be the conductor that way, and it just doesn't work. Right. So what we have to do is we have to go along with how God made our brain. He made it in such an amazing way. And there are really four reasons that habit change attempts fail. So I just want to throw those out for you real quick. Great. The first one is we tackle the habit before we're ready. So we have a habit that we are kind of aware of that is not a good habit, but we really don't have the motivation, the conviction, uh, enough momentum really to make the change. And so we just tackle it too soon. The second one is that you tackle it head on. Again, you stand in front of your subconscious mind who, by the way, you told it to do this habit this whole time. (laughs) You were driving your train and now you say, okay, it's time to take a hard right or maybe a U-turn. Well, any train with any sense at all is going to say, if I do that, I'm going to wreck. I'm going to go off the tracks. We're going to have a big crash. It's going to be nasty and ugly. I can't let you do that. So your subconscious minds let you think it's going to let you do it. But as soon as you're distracted with anything else, back onto your old habit you go. The third one is tackling too much of the habit at once. So I like to use the analogy here of a big fistful of spaghetti noodles, raw pasta. And you've got this big fistful of noodles. And I just did this as an illustration at a presentation recently. And I had her put both of her hands around the pasta and over a, over a pan. And I said, now break it. And of course, she couldn't. She could barely get her hand around it, and pasta's fallen out the bottom. And you know, so so pretty soon, pretty soon, enough pasta had fallen out the bottom. She's down to about thirty or forty strands. Snap! She could break it because it was at a reasonable amount, a reasonable quantity that she was trying to break at one time. Well, that's the same thing we have to apply with habits. If you're trying to stop eating your cup of ice cream that you've had before bed since you were a small child, and it gives you so much joy to do it, you're going to probably have to stop it one one tablespoon or one quarter cup at a time to try to stop it indefinitely, permanently, all at once. Might work if you're totally ready, but usually if you can just do it gradually, it's going to be painless, and pretty soon you'll be done with that habit, and it really doesn't have to be so painful. The fourth one is the surprise one, Carol. Mm. It's it's upping the ante too soon. So what happens is you're going along on your habit transformation. You're making good progress. Everything's in place. You're even. It's even been easy, easy to make this small change. So what you do is you say, I really almost feel irresponsible. This cutting down my ice cream one quarter cup a night, I could just get rid of the whole thing right now and be done with it. But what happens is when we do that, 
Sure, it looks like it works for a little while, but then you have a stressful day, or you're super tired, or you're really hungry before bed, or you have a fight, or whatever, and all of a sudden, that habit comes right back because you were able to break a little at a time, but when you try to break the whole thing at a time, it's just going to come right back and bug you, keep going forward. So, I, think, I think you might be eating the whole carton of ice cream at that point. Is that what <laughs> Well, see, that's exactly right. Typically, you know, and there's a principle, and I hope we can talk about the four R's too, because there's a principle in the Bible that when you remove something, you have to put something back in. Mm-hmm. So you never just remove it. You actually have to replace it with something. And the biblical principle is that when they, you know, like when they were going in to take Canaan, they had to actually get rid of the people that were there, and then they had to establish the cities. Uh, in the New Testament, when they would oust a, oust a demon, they had to put God in there. Otherwise, back he would come with seven friends. You know, and that's the same principle we have with this habit-breaking thing. And when we don't recognize this, then we, we go about breaking the habit, but it comes right back, or it comes back worse than before. And again, we have to understand how to put God into those spaces, how to, how to really be healed instead of just be fixed. So, New Year's resolution is, and that's why so many people do take time to fast and pray and at the beginning of a new year or the beginning of a, a job or just some new point in, in their lives, you know, our lives. We, uh, you know, just want to put the Lord first so that that becomes the replacement of that void. And, um, you know, right. that's where we find that peace that passes all understanding and supernaturally. So, tell me, is how do the four R's, you mentioned the R's, does that re, uh, relate to supernatural? It does. It does. So, this is how God built us, is that we need to, we need to release anything that is... Uh, and I always just say, it's just a trauma, okay? So, it could be as small as losing your keys. It could be as big as losing a child. If it's traumatic to you in any way, uh, release it to God. That is the first thing we're supposed to do with any kind of trauma or drama. That's not usually the first thing we do. <laughs> okay, R, release, right. Well, now. actually, the first R is to recognize that we've got a problem and that God wants to help us. And even at the point of recognition, Carol, so many of us recognize we got a problem. This is a problem. Oh, this mm-hmm. is a problem. This is a problem. But we don't recognize that God really wants to help us with it. So, back to the losing keys analogy, God's way too big to worry about me losing my keys. Oh, no, He's not. In fact, He's not even too worried about you breaking a nail. Mm. (laughs) He wants to help you with whatever it is that's causing you stress right this moment. This is where the abundant life comes from. It comes from recognizing that you've been handling this on your own. And honestly, Carol, if we want to talk habits, that's the big one. That's the monster habit. You've been doing it since you were able to think for yourself, and by the time you were two, you would verbalize it this way. No, me do it my way. Mm -hmm. I do it myself. And that habit is so deeply ingrained in us that it is going to take a lifetime or more (laughs) to get that one gone. Right. I, I mean, I've I've said it's like sort of even if it's pain that you're hanging on to or something, we it's it's ours. You know, we feel it. It's it's something okay. we can just sort of pet and nurture, and uh, you know, Absolutely. it's familiar. It's familiar. So that release. Recognition and release, really huge. What else? Okay, so here's the deal. When you release it to God, so you recognize you got a problem, you recognize God wants to help you, you release it up, and then 
Number one, you want to release it so thoroughly that it's like you just sold God your car and you gave him the keys and he drove off with it. So like, it's totally his. Now, we usually don't release it like that. We release it and we totally retain responsibility for it. Like, it's still mine. I still have to think about it all the time. But if you sold him your car and he drove away with it and he paid you for it, then you would let go. You wouldn't go chase him down to see if he has insurance or to find out if he washed the interior. or You wouldn't check on it. You would just let him have it. So that's what total release really looks for. Again, most of us aren't doing release that way. We're doing um, release, retrieve, release, retrieve, or else we're doing release, but I'm going to hang on to at least some of it. Okay, Or just now, check what? and see how it's doing. As, oh, right. And that's a huge, that's a huge trust issue. That's where mm-hmm. the trust issues come in. There's a whole chapter about that in the book. Anyway, once you release it, then the next thing is to receive. Now, here's almost nobody does this. I know some Christians who do this, but almost nobody waits to do this. Typically, what we do is we release and then we run on to try to fix whatever it is we just gave God because He needs us so much. The reality is, is He doesn't even need us at all to help fix His problem. And now, it actually is His problem because I just gave it to Him. Mm -hmm. So, in this moment, I usually tease a little bit, and I recognize that God is huge, but He's also my daddy, my papa daddy. And so, I say, wow, I just gave you this huge problem, and what do you want to give me in place of it? Because I know you don't want me to be empty where that huge problem was just consuming my brain. So what do you want to fill my mind with? If we will pause long enough to listen right here, this is the still small voice, and we'll hear something or feel something like peace or joy or hope or patience or just wait or you'll just be still. I mean, it's amazing. You won't know what you're going to hear right then. But if you're truly releasing it to God, He will truly gift you with something right in that moment. The next part then is the reciprocate or the response. And now, it's amazing. When I've prayed with women about this, using this process, as soon as they have release in their spirit, out of their mouth comes... Oh, thank you, because it's just so amazing that one moment we can be totally distraught, and the next moment we can be totally at peace, and yet that's the abundant life that God wants us to live all the time. So, the last thing is to respond then with a thank you, and is there anything I can do to help you today? I mean, you've got a huge problem. Do you want me to help you with that? Is there anything else I can help you do? Carol, sometimes he asks us to help with the problem. A lot of times he asks us to do something totally unrelated because he knows we're not really ready to release it fully. And if we get back in the mud with him right there, uh, we're not ready. And so a lot of times while you're learning this process, he won't have you fix your problems. He will fix them for you. So much better to have God fix them and just let, oh. let them go and just hand them over. That is just the His plan in the best way. And Marnie, you know, you've, you've made such a difference. Thank you so much for sharing those truths and those, that plan that we can apply to our lives. And do you have anything else that you want to share? Oh, yeah, I do. I have a favorite little story. I like to tell the story about little preschooler Johnny, whose father gets up on a Saturday morning and says, hey, Johnny, want to help me build a shed today? So little Johnny pulls on his overalls, straps on his toy tool belt, and heads out to the backyard where he begins to help his dad. And uh, pretending to saw and hammer and drill all day, Johnny does more damage than good and asks a lot of questions and slows his father down repeatedly. But at the end of the day, Johnny's dad takes him back by the hand and leads him to look at the finished shed. Side by side, with hands on hips, they sigh with satisfaction. And then Johnny looks up at his dad. His dad looks down at him and says, wow, 
You are such a big helper. Let's go get some ice cream. I love how God carries us like this all the time, Carol. And I just love how God is merciful to us in our failures and our little weaknesses, and He just loves us. Oh, thanks for sharing that, too. And you've made a difference in in 1,700 women you have on Christian Women's Speakers Directory, and you've made it just a wonderful hub where event planners can go and speakers can listen. I'm on that list, and I've received a few engagements from being on there as well, and so I can just attest to your precious heart to make this wonderful service available. So, if you're a speaker or an event planner, make sure to go to womenspeakers.com, and that's the perfect hub for you to connect. Marnie, would you please click close with a prayer for us today. We'd be so blessed. Sure, absolutely. Father God, we just thank you so much for your love and for your goodness. We love you. We love Jesus. We love your Holy Spirit and how you just fill us all. And I just am so grateful that you're bigger than a Santa Claus, that you're more helpful than a personal assistant, that you are not a condemning God. When we come to you through Jesus Christ, we can come directly into your presence, boldly even, amazing, and sit on your lap and have communion with you. And I I just pray for Carol and for each listener, God, that you would just impart your love to her heart, even as she hears me speak right now, that, that your love would be just flowing from me to her right now. Fill her with your truth of your existence and your presence, and I just ask that you would draw her close to you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Marnie Swedberg, for the truth you've shared today, giving us a life plan that we can apply. Um, so easy when God's in it. He replaces those voids with mm-hmm. His supernatural power and strength. And that's thank you so much for reminding us of that today and giving us a, a, pointing us to the Lord, our Father God. He's so much bigger than we are. And so thank you again for joining us. And uh, God bless you in the, all that you're doing, Marnie. Oh, thank you, Carol. Thank you so much. Well, you know, if you would like to find out more and then listen to this program archived at BibleChicks.com, you can hear this over and over again and get those plans and, of course, buy Marnie's book. You can go again to WomenSpeakers.com and and find out more about Marnie's ministry and then BibleChicks.com and find out more about me and my books and music and my speaking topics as well. Also, please like me at Facebook at BibleChicks with Carol. And I just thank you so much for joining us today. And remember that in Him, we live, move, and have our being. God bless you and have a great day. Reading, believing, believing.